I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast by the Takshashila Institution. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the All Things Policy episode, and today I have uh, Sunila with me. And I'm Saunya. Uh, I head the corporate affairs at the Takshashila Institution. Uh, we want to talk about the UN's guidelines on access to social justice for people with disabilities. Uh, so let's get started on this. Hi, Sunila. Welcome to the uh, All Things Policy episode. And I'm glad we're going to discuss about the UN guidelines. And let's get started. Thank you, Saunya, for having me here on All Things Policy. Uh, today, we'll be talking about the newly released guidelines for the United Nations for the persons with disabilities. These are the first ever guidelines on access to social justice uh, for persons with disabilities so that it makes it easier for them to access justice systems around the world. Great. These guidelines, uh, they uh, come with a set of 10 principles. The basic gist of these 10 principles is that all persons with disabilities have legal capacity and they cannot be denied access to justice. Uh, second is that they have a universal access to facilities and services. And here, facilities and services refers to uh, all the built environment and the social environment. Uh, so this refers to the built infrastructure and the social infrastructure that is available. And they are all entitled to all substantive and procedural safeguards. And uh, uh, the persons with disabilities, they have the right to participate in the administration of justice. And for all of this to happen, there should be effective and robust monitoring systems in the place. And the persons who are involved in the justice system, they must be provided with awareness raising and training programs addressing the rights of persons with disabilities, in particular in the context of access to justice. Great. Now that you've laid out the UN guidelines broadly and uh, certain principles, uh, can you just elaborate a little more, uh, Sunila, for our audience to understand what is the purpose of these principles? So the principles and guidelines they actually pinpoint to the unequal access to justice, that is the consequence of bias, stigma and the lack of understanding about persons with disabilities by officials in the justice system. So these principles are not intended to describe in detail a particular system of justice, rather drawing on the consensus of contemporary thought and actual experience. They seek to set out what is generally accepted as good practice in guaranteeing without discrimination equal and fair access to justice. So these principles, they are based on the UN's Convention of Rights of Persons with Disabilities. All right. Uh, so since we spoke about, you know, what are the things that go into the guidelines, you know, you talked also about the built and the social infrastructure, the training and how do you equip people to deal with this? Um, let's come to the, uh, you know, practical issues, right? What do the statistics in India say? Yes, uh, as per the census 2011, the proportion of persons with disability was 2.21% of the total population, which 
uh, is around 2.68 crore persons and in those uh, and that 2.21 percent of the total population 56 percent were males and 44 percent were females and majority of that disabled population decided in rural areas which is uh, about 69 percent and the remaining 31 persons resided in urban and uh, during the 2001 to 2011 time period, an increase in the number of disabled persons was observed both in rural and urban areas and also among males and females. Interesting thing to note here is that the percentage of population in rural areas is uh, almost three quarters of the total, uh, propo total proportion of the population. So this is interesting thing to notice. Uh, also, these are 2011 statistics. So, and right now we are in 2020. So, I'm assuming the population proportion of population has increased a lot more than it, what it was in 2011. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, you know interesting insight to say you know how there is certainly a need for us to uh, you know have guidelines and also ensure we get these numbers right because, like you said, 2011 has. Uh, nine years back, right? The data that we're looking at. Um, okay, let's move on to the legal provisions of uh, this so that it also helps us understand the framework better. Yes, the government of India passed the landmark uh, Right to Persons with Disabilities Act in 2016, which replaced the Earlier Persons with Disabilities Act 1995. So this uh, 2016 Act, it increased the quota of reservation for persons with disabilities from 3% to 4% in the government jobs and 3% to 5% in higher education institutions. Uh, the preamble of this Act clearly states that it aims to uphold the dignity of every person with disability in the society and prevent any form of discrimination. The Act also facilitates full acceptance of people with disability and ensures full participation and inclusion of such persons in the society. Uh, it defines persons with disability as any person with long-term physical, mental, intellectual or sensory impairments which on interacting with barriers hinder effective and equal growth in the society. The Act has uh, sections on right to access to justice which dictates that the appropriate government shall ensure that a person with disabilities can exercise the right to access any court, tribunal, authority or any other judicial body and uh, the a section on legal capacity states that the appropriate government shall ensure that persons with disabilities have rights equally with others to own or inherit property, uh, to control their financial affairs and to have access to bank loans, mortgages or any for other form of financial credit. So these are some of the few provisions uh, which they have in the Right to Persons with Disabilities Act of 2016. Great. Uh, so, Sunila, while you gave us insights about a uh, few of the things from the 2016 Disabilities Act, uh, has there been any change or have things uh, improved or it's just that the Act is there by the side but things remain the same? Yeah, that is an interesting question, Soumya. Uh, so, first of all, let's uh, look at the causes of disability specifically in india okay so there are uh, two types of disabilities first is like the disability 
uh, is inborn like you are born with a disability and the second reason is that you get the disability during any point of your life in the first case which i mentioned when a person is born with a disability the reason is often the lack of good and accessible medical facilities resulting in various medical complications for both the pregnant mother and unborn child often leading to a disability for the child and there have been many studies which have pointed out to correlation between disability and poverty a large number of people with disabilities are born into poor households and this cannot be just a mere coincidence right uh, this is due to the fact that pregnant mothers have to work until the very late months of their pregnancy and a very harsh conditions to make the ends meet this lack of care due to systemic policies leads to medical complications during pregnancy leading to birth of children with disabilities in many cases now uh, the right to persons with disabilities act of 2016 it proposes free health care in the vicinity especially in rural areas subject to such family income as may be notified and it also states that the state authorities shall do this within their economic capacity and development so this is against the idea of providing rights and it allows the state to absolve from its duty so if we go by a rights based approach uh, the access to healthcare should be irrespective of the income level the states have to develop their capacity to provide healthcare services to persons with disabilities it cannot like you cannot just say it should be within their uh, economic capacity and development right and while the provisions of this act are all on paper the actual situation in india is not that great so for example uh, the they have increased the quota from 3% to 5% in the government jobs but often it happens that no one is ready to actually hire people with disabilities because they think they will be a liability to their organization they will have to spend more time in training them uh, and but while rejecting them they just state the reason as you know they couldn't find a suitable candidate or they they didn't have enough qualifications or things like that so this is what happens actually so when the act was passed the government of india came up with the accessible india campaign uh, which was a flagship national program to make public buildings and transport less hostile for the physically challenged and according to that campaign 50% of all of these public buildings were to be made fully disabled friendly by july 2018 but more than 2 years after the launch of campaign only 3% of buildings have become accessible according to the department of empowerment of persons with disabilities so at the launch of the campaign they had identified 1700 buildings to be made accessible to these persons but it's just 3% of these buildings now so you can imagine how uh, difficult it is uh, for persons with disabilities to even go about doing things in their daily life which we actually take for granted as someone who is able to do all of these things Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Right? I mean, uh, like you just said, the infrastructure or transport or your basic need for the day, even if that's compromised in giving access. Because I actually know somebody uh, whose child, um, you know, had an accident and of course uh, was uh, disabled, so his spine had some issues and he he was not mobile and. They had to move cities because the child wanted to study something and the colleges. 
in Bangalore didn't have an option for him to kind of use his wheelchair access. So they had to move cities. So a lot of people had to make uh, decisions which are life-changing because of lack of infrastructure and access, like you said, even transport and other things, right, which are fundamental for anybody to function in their uh, routine. Right, right. And it's not just, uh, you know, uh, making these buildings accessible, like just providing ramps for the wheelchairs or providing bars for the uh, people with uh, visual disabilities it also includes you know modifying the signs uh, so that so that they have braille symbols so that people with visual disabilities can actually understand what's written on them all of these little things which add up to actually uh, you know improving the lives of persons with disabilities yeah of course i think people are looking at audio guides and other things but it's going to take time and uh, we are looking at only a marginal uh, you know improvement as of now although from 2016 we have had some sort of seriousness coming into it more because of the mm-hmm. um, act uh, looks like you know um, we look forward to probably uh, be more sensitive towards these needs and our infrastructure, which is upcoming, will probably factor in these. I'm sure there must be guidelines for all the uh, infrastructure that's happening currently to uh, abide by some of these things, right? Like, So I'm hoping that we will have a more inclusive society soon. Sure. Uh, since the government of India has passed this act in 2016, we can always hope for greater inclusion for this section of the population in the society. I mean, uh, let's just say it's the beginning and we we will have better things to see in the future. Also, uh, while concluding, I would just like to say one thing that, you know, we need to look at this population, uh, at this section of population from a rights-based point of view instead of charity-based point of view. Now, many people look at this from the charity point of view and they look at these people with sympathy, but we need to understand that these people do not need sympathy. These people need equal access to all the rights that are there in the Constitution of India and equal access to basic social services that are there for everyone else as well. So if we consider them on equal footing as us, I think that would be the right way to go. Absolutely. I think uh, the level of dignity that people would want, right, as human beings, I think uh, that's what we need to strive for. In fact, even in a lot of corporates, um, they do um, you know, have policies which say as long as your technical requirements are met, it shouldn't matter um, you know, if the person has some challenges and especially able, but uh, you should give them the job because at least it makes, uh, you know, that step of inclusion possible by, uh, you know, a marginal way. So I think as long as, you know, employment opportunities and, uh, you know, careful thought in whatever we are kind of building right now is uh, taken care of, we'll at least see uh, some minor uh, changes to come. And like you said, let's hope for the best. Yes, I think the key is to draw a line between sympathy and empathy. So I guess that would help a lot. So uh, thank you so much, Sunila. Uh, I think it's given us few insights uh, more as citizens to be 
are like more aware of these things and play a role uh, in the individual capacity that we are in. And um, with this, we come to the end of today's episode. And I would like to tell our listeners that we have a series going on uh, our events online. Uh, and this Friday, we have the upcoming China Challenge uh, event. Uh, we're going to be discussing about securing freedom in the 21st uh, century. And we have an interesting uh, panel and the discussion. So we look forward to having you all join us for the event and you could register for this on our website on the event staff. Uh, thank you so much, Sunila, and thanks to all our listeners for being with us. Thank you, Samya. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media, the handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at Takshashila INST or our website takshashila.org.in.